and welcome to another episode of Ask Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's HR advisor. Today's episode continues a series of conversations between Sean McAdams and Warren Seafray, two of Mosher's top data analytics experts. This time, their focus is on the people who fill the teams that address each of those pillars. Who to recruit, what to look for, and how important keeping those people is once you find them are all covered in this week's episode of Ask Anything. Without further ado, here are Sean McAdams and Warren Seafray. Well, Sean, we're here again hey. on another podcast between the two of us. We'll see how much fun we can have this time. Hey, I wish we could just do this. I know. This is Let's just job. do this. We should just get paid to do this. We <laughs> get good right. enough. Again, we need people to subscribe. We need people to, to like because if you do this, this could be our day jobs. Yeah, That'd just be great. talking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of talking, right, we've been we've been on this journey to kind of talk about data analytics strategy, and we've covered a couple of pillars, right? Uh, Sean, remind us what the pillars were. Yeah, so we deliver data and analytic products through people operating through a process and data functioning through tech. People, process, data, tech. That sounds great. And so far, we've kind of touched on process. And uh, I, I think it would behoove us to kind of go down the path of what people are needed to make up this process, right? So in the process conversation, we talked about delivery channels. And these delivery channels were the insights, engineering, and platforms right. and and within there you know we talked about this ideology of the uncovered vision design manage build and all these different things that we do in those phases mm-hmm. um, we don't necessarily do them we need people to do them we need in- involvement of people and these channels are built with teams so I think one of the things we'd like to kind of talk about is what kind of individuals would we need to populate and, and, and be part of these different channels, right? So let's start with insights. Um, what kind of individual would you say would be prime candidates or the type of individual that we would want in that kind of team? Okay, I think immediately when you talk about insights, people start to think about the development of reports. Um, but more importantly, is gonna be the people that are interfacing with the business, right? The people that can uh, not worry about tech and worry about having these conversations about, well, that's not possible. Well, that's, you know, just the mentality and approach to how they uh, interact with people. You need people who want to have communications, want to understand the desires of these individuals. I don't care what their role is in the organization, right? They, They want data to make better decisions. And so I think the first type of person you need is someone who is good at communicating, is very good at listening, is good at taking all of those notes down so that when it gets to uncover and either they are designing possible solutions or they have a team that comes in to do it, that they can also communicate those business needs and talk about the tech a little bit um, with them. So I would say that's the first one. Now, call that what you want to. We call that a product owner for our Honeycomb team. Other organizations, they've, they've been known as business analysts, yep. right? And, and, and they've been known as you know the, the individuals that interpret in what the business is asking for into a pseudo technical solution, so to speak, so that it can go down downstream. So, you know, anybody that has those characteristics, that has that passion, desire, and the capabilities, I think work very well for that first phase, which ultimately is your uncovering vision design, which is a discovery services piece, mm-hmm. right? That's right? Just trying to figure out what that is. 
What's another type of team member that would work? For insights, uh, if you have someone that's good doing the role of pulling out those uh, needs, you now need someone that I think is seasoned in communicating to particular users. So you don't need, oh, this guy has some experience with this BI tool. Yeah, they'll be a part of the delivery of that. But before that, before you're building it, there needs to be a little bit more maturity and experience from someone who has used those to communicate and has some best practices or good practices to adopt and can uh, push those out through their designs to the organizations. Here's a, here's a better way of using this tool. This is gonna be the right way to communicate to this user. <laughs> um, so I think you need an experienced uh, visualization engineer, if you wanna call them that, um, that's done it for a while. And they don't necessarily have to be the best at a particular tech stack. They should be very good at multiple tech stacks, but they have to be able to influence the fact that we need to ensure data literacy, ensure that we're communicating, ensure that these users understand those things. I kind of view this individual, based on what you're describing, and earlier there was a little chuckle because I was chuckling yes. for those that are listening, because the first thing that popped in my mind is, is pie charts, pie charts, pie charts, pie charts, <laughs> pie charts everywhere. Hey, look, I built you a dashboard. What do you think? You like it? Uh-huh. Right? Um, and, and we see a lot of that. And, you know, it's just someone who's playing with the tech, trying to get familiar and working on it. I think what you're describing is is what I would call a storyteller, right? Someone that can take the, the, the information that this BA has given and come up with a design, a way to get people to that information faster, right? There's this, 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 this statement that's out there in the space of BI that if it takes you more than eight seconds to determine what is on this page or something that was mentioned in a previous podcast, if it doesn't make you happy or piss you off, you're probably not looking at the right thing or the thing is not being presented to you correctly. You know, that's good uh, to interrupt here just for a second um, because we do say that this, if you, if you analyze this and it doesn't make you happy or piss you off, I guess the third part of that is confusion. Like if you look at it and you're confused or you hesitate for it a minute, it takes too long. Something's not right. Exactly. But we need to get it to the point where it either makes you happy or makes you very, very upset. Right. This first, this report, this storytelling has to be a journey, right? And the very first thing that you see has got to be those things that gravitate towards, that that capture your attention and drive you to the deeper analysis pages where you get a bigger breakdown or see the raw record set. But someone has to come up with that storytelling and interact with the business to make sure that that's what's happening, make sure that's what they want, right? So I, 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 I kind of, st- I personally call that a storyteller. Okay. Um, but it, 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 they have that skill set of being able to take the BA goals, understand the tech stack that's currently employed, and come up with a way to best communicate and achieve the goals of that emotional response and eliminate that confusion yeah and i think the uh, i guess the other one if we were just to do three would be obviously the people that build the stuff yeah. right and, that, and and here's the thing is the type of analytic uh product you're going to produce can vary right so it could be simple report writers or it could be people doing visualization or dashboards it could be marketing, creating infographics. Yeah. You could follow the same process with that because they still are usually presenting information. Um, 
and obviously it can be more advanced, right? You can do more advanced uh, analytics. And so uh, people talk about maybe the role of a data scientist. The, I look at a data scientist, somebody's applying, applying mathematics, um, you know, so that's a lot of different takes on what that role yep. is. Yep. But you do need someone um, that's going to ultimately produce and deliver that design. And there are individuals out there that have all three of these skill sets. Yeah. They're challenging, they're challenging the find, and when you find them, Hire them figure today. them out. Don't let them go. Um, do recognize that some of those skill sets are easier to train than others. You can train somebody how to develop. You can't train them to listen. So when you find individuals with certain characteristics, character traits that you think, you know what, I just need to show you how to do Tableau, and you know what, you would be amazing as this. Find those individuals, curate them, put a little investment they will appreciate the challenges that this brings, assuming that it brings them happiness to be able to do that as a personal growth goal. But you as an organization will most definitely benefit from that ability of being able to translate the business, the tech, and be able to translate that requirements that was captured in that phase into a story and potentially develop it as well, right? Those individuals are, are, are challenging to find easier to grow, but you need to figure out, make sure you get the right individuals. Yeah, and I know we're gonna go through, you're gonna talk about engineering, right? We're gonna talk about platforms. I can kind of tell that because of how you're leading the conversation. So for those that know, like Warren and I are just sitting and talking. You know, it's not it's not like we mapped out these particular things, but I've talked with Warren long enough to know kind of where his mindset is going. And I don't wanna stop us having that conversation. I think what I would like to do though, based on what you just said, um, is maybe end talking about our approach to hiring. Oh, we'll most definitely talk about that, yeah, right? Because I think that'll answer one of the things that you just kind of brought up. There. Oh, exactly. Especially if you want to try to be consistent or try to make sure you have the right uh, individual with the right personality traits that drives them to want to do this, right? And, you know, just because you're good at it doesn't mean you like it. Yeah. Just means you're born big and strong, and you can lift refrigerators. I mean, you like doing that all day. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. I mean, um, outside of the app, the methodology you apply, I think those are three types of people for the insights. And when I say methodology, I mean you know maybe you're following some agile, so you want like a scrum master, you want something like that with the team. But specifically delivering insights, if you can find people that have those three skills, whether it's one person or a set of team, I think you're doing pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> So let's 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 go down with your forecast and go to engineering, <laughs> yeah, right? Because right. no one can see that one coming. Um, yeah. So <laughs> so we got engineering coming in, and and we've got these individuals, right? We we just got this ticket that says, "Hey, um, I need this data." Yeah. What kind of person? What kind of skills? What kind of mindset are we looking at for an individual that fits within that engineering team? Yeah, I think you can become a little little less business focused here. Um, I will say not all of the tickets that come in may come from insights because if you run a data as a service model, you know, then you're interfacing with people that have data needs and they're going to produce the insights. Um, or you're just looking at how you organize data for that data as a service model. You obviously need data, data engineers, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you, you need folks that are going to follow your particular principles, data governance principles, data management practices, and what is a data engineer? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I mean, I mean, let's break that even further okay. because 
you see that out there yeah. and people say, oh, data engineer is an ETL specialist or data engineer is a SQL guy or data engineer is a big data guy that can do Python or a data scientist is a data engineer. What is a data yeah, engineer? So if I was to look at that through the lens of Mosier, then I think, you know, ETL, ELT, they do a part of that and that they're, they're using tools or they're using a particular paradigm under which to operate. Um, it's essentially, to me, a person who is going to consume data from particular environments. They're going to use particular platforms in order to introduce certain data governance practices, validation, um, data quality. Uh, they're going to have to maybe ensure that things are represented within a catalog, right? So all of these things they have to do, which is far more than just here's your source, here's your target, map it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are the enforcers of your data governance, yeah. right? They're the ones that are applying those principles that have been agreed upon by your governance council. The organization said this is important to us. This needs to be there. They're the ones managing the security and applying the information security uh, perspectives and the things that need to happen on that. You know, they're the ones following the frameworks and pushing those frameworks mm -hmm. that the platforms team designs or, mm -hmm. or, or defines for them, right? They're the ones that are consistently pushing the envelope of what they can do with this tool. Yep. So as this, I would I would say this individual would need to have a a passion for uh, playing with technology to acquire data. Mm -hmm. I would say that they have to have an attention to these checkboxes or details of these checkboxes, the things that the organization said must exist, right? Because if you omit them, skip them, you just put the organization at risk. And depending yeah. on that, on on the impact, right? could be financially costly, could cost them their job, could cost you a client, it could cost you market perception. I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, there's a lot out there that can happen with that. So I think these individuals, to your point, they don't need to have this, this polished, I can talk to business users, make them feel warm and fuzzy, yeah. I can get them out, I'm the best listener. No, they usually get the information in a ticket, they're usually given this what's there, what they need to understand is, how is this going to be used so they can apply the right principles of governance, of security, and everything else, and understand the details surrounding what's the frequency of that data that's necessary, what's the sensitivity, how do they need it, what's the shape, right? So they need to have a lot of ANSI SQL-like skill sets to yeah. be able to shape the data, whether we're talking about Snowflake, we're talking about uh, Redshift, we're talking about any of these SQL-like technologies, they need to have a passion for wanting and loving those things. Right? Yeah, and I think uh, technically it's it's also steering toward the use of maybe Python for uh, data, manipula data manipulation and stuff like that, transformation. So I think that's probably important as well. To your point, they don't need to have these soft skills. If they do have these soft skills, then I think that moves them into, for our organization, the ability to be a, uh, to do the consultancy services, where you're going to go in and help organizations design data management principles and help data engineers, you know, up, apply those. So if you do have soft skills, um, then I think you can lead a team of engineers, you can also lead an organization in, in the same way. They're your coaches. Yeah. They're the ones they're the ones that bring up 
data engineer potentials or new hires, or if you happen to be a consultant firm, then guess what? Consultant services, right? They're the ones that are advocating for this stuff and showcasing how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... I, I think yeah, and we're making an assumption here that you have some type of management organization in place. We're not getting specific to those. We're exactly. just looking at who's hands on keyboard, who's delivering these types of things. Um, yeah, I, that's the main one you're going to need in data engineering. Yeah, and, 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 and you know what? For the most part, you know, I'll, I'll go one further. Um, data architect. A, a role of someone who's maybe doing the data warehousing and guiding a modeler maybe yeah something like yeah, guiding that. the organization of data in this refinement area i know we haven't talked about our data uh, engineering pro- processes but um you know you have all these people that are going to use the data and sometimes the people that are doing work in insight are really good about how to organize it for efficient means but sometimes they're not and they're dependent upon someone so if a data engineer can do that awesome great that's that is really really good but sometimes maybe a data engineer needs to know that target. I think they need to understand the modeling principles. Mm-hmm. I think they need to follow the uh, best practices or any of the governance uh, guidelines that have been set. Um, I think a data architect can live in either space, right? Mm-hmm. You can have someone live in the engineering space, so you're part of that delivery channel. Maybe this individual maybe also lives in platforms and yeah. coming up with the overarching what is mm-hmm. going to be the true data flow there things go, right? Yeah. When you're moving data from, you know, in transient to yeah. trusted, refined, right, right. Yeah. raw, yeah. right? These different stages, right? And they come up with how the technology, how the platform interfaces with that and how engineering works with that. So I think the data architect can, can straddle that mm-hmm. piece. So having said that, yeah. what other types of, what in other individuals do you think we could use or, or are necessary for a platforms? Yeah, platform, uh, I think today you're obviously going to have some type of an administration uh, experience that's needed within platforms, whether you're you know, on-prem with a particular uh, data technology or you're trying to get value out of the cloud technologies. Uh, you're going to be dependent upon someone who can uh, administer those particular platforms. I also think that in order to have some conformity, in order to have some enforcement of these data governance principles we talk about, the platform should have these higher level engineers that are creating paradigms and frameworks under which uh, people that are doing engineering work, meaning they're actually going to get data from a source, they're bringing it through it, they can sort of live because if you don't have that and you're and you're not um, kind of pushing those best practices up or providing some constraints, you're going to end up with a bunch of different ways and, and a lot of technical debt at some at some point because someone or everyone's either going to do something that you have to redefine later or someone is going to do it better than someone else mm-hmm. and they go oh well let's go do it you know the way Warren said because that's better. So someone on platform should also be thinking about the best ways to do engineering, and I think someone in there uh, the best ways to do the insights development as well because they're a user of the platform, right? I mean, I would say that many platforms and individuals that work in the platform delivery channel would also participate 
in the government council. Mm -hmm. They would participate in the architecture review boards. They would participate as part of the enterprise architecture teams if mm -hmm. they, they have one established, right? I think these are your high-level individuals, these deep thinkers, these long viewers that are like, you know what? I understand we need something now, but let's take this three, five-year plan that we're going towards. Let's take our existing initiatives that we have, and let's make sure we pick and do the right thing. And yes, right, they would be the individuals that would be uh, instrumental in guiding how your insights teams organize the outputs, the delivery that they come up with, right? Maybe the the are they going to use some kind of semantic model tool versus embedding that inside your presentation layer, right? Um, they would help architect what that looks like and when do you use one or the other, right? You need to build a report. Do you build it in a paginated report? Do you build it in a visual report? It could be neither one. How do you make that determination? Yeah. This team, these team members would help in orchestrating what that looks like. Yeah, and if you don't do that, then I think what you do is you isolate platform to this concept that it's only administration and you create this disconnect between how it's being used, mm -hmm. how the how the tech is being used, the techniques that are being applied from the actual technology itself. And I don't think that that benefits the the quality of the data and analytic products that you would create rather than meeting the paradigm you talk about, which is it's more than an administration. You know, it's bringing everyone down so that you can follow, we talked about previously, releasing the uh, set of tech so you can go from an analytic as a service down into a data as a service and maybe even down into a platform as a service uh, if it makes sense for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and what we're talking about here is is going to be very different for every one of your, every one of the different organizations out there. Because depending on the maturity model, where you're at in the state of your business, right? Are you a $10 million business, $100 million business, $100 billion business, right? You're going to have things that are already established. And if you're trying to figure out how to potentially adapt your existing team members, what you have, and your different units of, of, of individuals, how they play in these different delivery channels and so forth, right? You're going to find out that you may have different makeups, right? And depending where you're at in that uh, scale and size of the organization, you may have one individual playing engineering and platforms, yeah, right? Absolutely. You may have, uh, you may find yourself in, in a position where you may start off having an, an IT segment of the business controlling all of the BI development, all the report development, with maybe a six-month, 12-month plan of releasing some of that responsibility to the individual business units that have the skill set and the aptitude to adopt that, right, and start migrating to that self-service concept that's been around for a while. Yep. A lot of organizations have have tinkered with it. Some of them have discovered some things interesting and fun and scary and like, oh my gosh, what do we do, right? Mm -hmm. um, as going through that journey. And I think this allows us to approach and lead our way to that by ensuring we have the right delivery channels, the right mindset. And if we can get the right people, we can then slowly make our way through. And I think as part of getting the right people, right, um, there's, there's, this piece that, that we do at Mosure, and I'll let you talk to a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, so I, you know, I'm glad you reminded me of that. <laughs> um, but one of the things you talked about is, um, at least in my mind, are the competencies and the behaviors of people, right? And so competencies, competencies being things that you can kind of teach, but their behaviors are a little bit harder to change. 
So how do you know what those things are before you're hiring someone, or at least have some insight into it? So I think most organizations probably read resumes or looked at social media profiles like LinkedIn if you're in the professional service area. Um, probably do an interview, maybe do more interviews. But is there something else we can do in order to get some data <laughs> to make a better decision? And so at Mojo, we implement uh, benchmarks through our learning services uh, practice. So there's a plug for, for Lou and the learning service practice, which maybe at some point they will have a, a podcast around that. We have essentially six main um, job descriptions. So data engineer, data uh, visualization engineer, data architect, um, data scientist, data, a, a DBA, database administrator, or platform engineer. And you select a set of people in order to create a benchmark that when you go through the process of hiring at some point in that process, for us, it's after our technical uh, interview. So it's before we do our cultural interview. And so the person that's doing that, which is usually one of our directors or, or, or something, um, has this input uh, that breaks down where do they exist from a DISC perspective, but then also how do they align to our job profile and what gaps exist, right? So for every job, there's a certain amount of competencies that are more important. The other part that I think is important about that report is it's very easy for somebody to use it to analyze a person and say, well, you're either gonna be great at this job or you're gonna suck at it. And I think that that's not the entire way you should look at that report because everybody's gonna have gaps. Mm -hmm. I think it also is important for the individual applying to look at that report because it does give you some insight into whether you're gonna be happy in that role. Because all of these roles have these sort of intangible rewards that you get more than you know, uh, monetary or compensation with the company. You're going to uh, enjoy the type of work you do because these are the type of rewards you would get out of that type of work. So uh, I think it's a very good tool to use. Um, we already have those benchmarks. So like if organizations wanted to tie this into their process, they can reach out to Mosher to our learning services and get it, you know, tied into where at a point in their hiring process, they would say, hey, we really like to view this. Then, you know, we submit them this link. I think most of them are probably 150 to 190 questions, somewhere in that. Uh, but you get a lot of metrics to, um, to look at in order to make a good decision. And I think you had a point there that I think is really important, and we'll kind of use this as a, as a bookend, is happiness, right? Mm -hmm. We have all these individuals, they're stretching themselves, they're doing things that hopefully brings them satisfaction, right? You know, people that are doing jobs that don't put a smile on their face or they don't walk away feeling accomplished, they're probably in the wrong field. They're probably doing the wrong thing and they need an opportunity. And this kind of goes back full circle to if you find an individual that has certain aptitudes, certain unteachable skill sets that they do naturally they will probably lend themselves to being very good at this type of work that they align with, as well as bring them happiness, re-energize them, and, and make them a very complete individual for you as an organization, as well as it's going to transfer in their communication anybody outbound, right? Mm -hmm. We've all talked to people that are angry, 
guess what? Even on their nicest day, you know they're pissed off. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then all of a sudden, something changes in their life, and they're doing something different. And they're like, wow, you're a whole new man. What the heck happened to you? Why are you smiling? Are you drinking on this yes. early? What's going on, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, three sheets of the winds when I usually see you this way. Why am I seeing you this way? It's 10 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. So it's really important to have that. And I think that's something that we strive to to emphasize as part of our consulting. And, and, and we, we give our clients is not only do you need these delivery channels, not only do you need this mindset, but you also need the people. You need the right people. Yeah, you need, I mean, um, you have to have people to deliver these products, right? Yep. Even if you want to advance analytics into automated action, you know, AI, that knowledge is still engineered off of people. Exactly. So, I mean, my mentality, which I won't say that I'm always successful in delivering, is to, you know, provide meaningful work. And, and sometimes that's just in, in stressing the value of the work someone's doing to build relationships and to provide opportunity for growth. Like, I feel like if I can hit all three of those things, I better, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job, I think, as, you know, a manager um, to, to people. If I can hit a couple of those things, I still think I'm doing a good job. If I'm not hitting those marks, you know, um, then something's misaligned. I, I think that's great. I think what one of the things we'll do is um, on our next podcast that follows this channel of thought of data analytics strategy, um, are, we're finally going to get some of the sexy stuff, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about tech. some technologies, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about data, and we're going to kind of work through that and see how that works. So Yeah, I'm um, excited for that because, I mean, obviously we both are technologists. That, that's how we sort of got into this space. and. Um, talking about our engineering processes, what we do in there, talking about you know our core components we want within a platform, and there's a lot of things to talk about within data, obviously, mm-hmm. because that's that's what we do. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, thank you for tuning in, and until uh, next time. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting. We'd love it if you would join us next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, so long, everybody. Go.